0: if you haven't heard them already please listen to the previous episode i'm not going to go around introductions for a second time uh, because uh, people will get tired of that but if you listen to the previous podcast you will hear all about tom Reddy, james adcroft and mike Vickers. and today they're joining me and we're going to be talking about what the transport manager cpc well i called it the transport manager cpc that's not really what it's called is it the road haulage CPC course type, whatever the, the official, spot, yeah, what well, the yeah. official
1: course Everyone pieces. knows it, yeah,
0: everyone knows it as a transport manager CPC <laughs> course, right? Um, anyway, what that course doesn't teach you, which is basically how to do the job in a nutshell. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna sort of come to you guys. There we, go, there we go, certificate of professional competence in road haulage, Tom has kindly turned around his certificate so that I can see it, uh, which is is fantastic. So, um, come on then, hands up first. Who wants to go first? Transport Manager CPC, what's not being taught?
2: Well, I guess. Go for it, Mike, go on. What's not, I should know what's not being taught, um, (laughs) pretty much, shouldn't I, but yeah. What's not being taught? Um, I reflected on this in the the recent uh, transport briefing that we held here at Flagship HQ uh, a couple of weeks ago. I reflected on it in my uh, in my presentation, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with a couple of high level uh, items, and I'm sure the guys will be able to fill in with some of the some of the other stuff as well that's more sort of pertinent on a day to day basis. But so sort of from the high level, one of the things that that um, that gets me is we never talk about leasing vehicle leasing, and that, that's a minefield. Uh, for anybody. In, in exam world, and I do talk to students about exam world, as I'm sure Tom, Tom does as well, exam world and real world are two different places. And in exam world, we don't talk about vehicle leasing. But you imagine the scenario where you're a, a transport manager and you get released into the wild with your fresh certificate. And uh, the <coughs> first thing the managing director says to you is, look, we're looking at replacing the vehicles next year. We're looking at getting a new fleet of 10 vehicles or whatever. Um, can you sort the leases out for me? And you're sat there thinking, oh, I can't remember Mike or Tom talking about leases during the course. What do we do? Um, so leases for me would be a big thing. Um, the other, the other big, high price ticket item that I don't think is talked about enough. I mean, we do mention it when we talk about vehicle costings to a degree, but is fuel. Um, you know, suddenly you've uh, you're landed as a transport manager, and your next role uh, your next job or next on your to do list because there's lots of hungry. Uh, lorries out there waiting to be filled up is to is to source the fuel Where how are you going to buy it do you bunker fuel um, have you got a deal with a local supplier do you buy it on Platts Plus on, on all the other various schemes that you can buy on cards just how do you do it and if you've got a I don't know if you've got a field field um, 90,000 100,000 litres a week of fuel from somewhere you know just how do you do it so for me they're, they're two big ticket items Um for, you know, that would, would, would certainly come across for, as me as, as being things that we don't really particularly cover in, uh, in Transport Manager.
0: Fantastic. Appreciate that, Mike. Thank you. Uh, Tom, what's your initial thoughts, mate?
3: I'm going to focus around technical knowledge, okay. um, and that's probably an obvious one for me. But the lack of technical knowledge that the exam equips you with, although it's a very detailed exam, a lot of the stuff that they cover is not useful to you in the normal run of things, running the operation. So the starting point is if DVSA show up here tomorrow, what are they gonna to wanna to see? And we don't really know that. I mean, we do know it, but only if you've been under their regulatory action previously. So we're talking things like the desk-based assessment, what's on that, their maintenance investigation, what what that involves, um, preparing for a public inquiry, all these things, what that would involve. So there's a massive shortfall there. Um, it's a great starting point for any transport manager to try and get hold of that document if you can Um, and there are training courses you can go on that talk specifically about this stuff um, to know what the starting point is because you walk into a brand new operator tomorrow and you're kind of a rabbit in the headlights moment on you you don't really know what the next stages are and it's only now all these years later that I, I feel confident enough in myself to sort of be able to just look around and assess everything almost on the hop to know exactly what the problems are and where to start but for a new transport manager that is going to be really challenging
0: fantastic appreciate that mate thank you um obviously you guys are transport manager cpc trainers james you you employ people who have done transport manager cpc as an example um, what what sort of things would you be looking out for as a gap potentially to help bridge uh, people who have come out of the tm cpc qualification
1: what a great topic, Pete. I think we could fill between us a couple of hours on this. Uh, and, and if I may up front, I've got a, I'd, I'd like us to have a, talk about a really inter- question, interesting question of the back of it uh, at some point later about, so what do we think it should look like? Because yeah, I think that's point. just yeah. as important. Uh, but anyway, in answer to your question, thanks for asking. Um, I mean, it, it's just that... that for me, it's just that day job stuff. A transport manager landing in a, in a transport department on week one after completing their qualification. By the end of that week, we'll need to be looking at tachograph reports and infringement letters and brake test reports and inspection reports walk around checks defects that you know the the literally the core bread and butter of what we do mike came up with some real great higher level stuff in terms of uh, you know leasing and, and fuel and stuff really like you say really important big ticket items but the transport manager i don't think is properly equipped coming out of their qualification to pick up a brake test report and, and and read it and and we know that that is vital. It's an absolute uh, requirement from the moment they arrive. So I think it's just wide ranging is is the amount of things that a transport manager needs to know, and it, and it can't be picked up quickly. I think a transport manager coming out of their qualification should really resign themselves to the fact that you you're going to take six months, and that's a personal view to really get a grips with some of those day to day things. You know, you're not going to see a Compensation for weekly rest infringement for a few weeks and all of those sort of things, you know. So I think it's important for a transport manager to pace themselves, resign themselves to the fact that everything they see, they're probably going to have to ask a question about it in the first few months. And then maybe after six months, they start to build some competences in terms of, those day-to-day routines. Routines, what a great a great way to describe it. We don't teach routines in the no, TMCPC. You know, what, am I, what do I need to do each week? What do I need to do each month? Maintenance planner, great example of a routine which is vital, but doesn't drop out the bottom of a CPC transport manager qualification. <laughs> so lo- lots of things there.
0: Yeah, appreciate that, James. Thank you. I think uh, it's interesting, actually, how we all approach it from a different point of view based on our roles and our and our thought processes um mike obviously you've you've i I imagine have been landed at some point as a transport manager having to sort lease and buy fuel and those kinds of things that hasn't been Trained, uh, trained train before. Um, similarly, you know, we talked about insurance and sourcing insurance, making sure we've got the right sort of insurance and the different types of insurance. A lot of people don't really understand uh, what that is. Is that part of the qualification? Understanding the difference between employer's liability and public liability it, goods in transit.
2: It's covered. It's covered.
0: It's covered in the course. I mean, we do talk about insurance, but
2: um, yeah, again, a very, very top level, very high level kind of um, discussions on it. Um, but yeah coming to buy insurance and coming to deal with things like brokers uh, etc and, and making sure you get the best deal not just the best deal but the best service and, and who who do you know to trust to speak to in the industry I mean that sort of thing you know is, is not covered in the in the course but um, yeah that's an interesting point James raises with um, you know what uh, what could we do to, to improve it and, and so I guess it brings me on to my uh, thoughts on uh, we talked about, we've, we've had a podcast previously where we talked about the the changes that are inbound for, or potentially inbound for driver CPC. And, uh, you know, listen, listeners may, may be aware that if you take a transport manager CPC today, uh, you'll be taking the international version. So that it's been around since 2011, you've had to take the international version of transport. But there's no option now just to take a national version. And I don't know what that guests think about the, um, the, the, the notion of, perhaps going back to a national cpc for transport managers but uh, but widening the syllabus to cover a few more of these things i don't know what uh, what you guys
3: think that's an interesting point Mike. we could we could look at that couldn't we because it would it would free up a lot of a question i always ask the students on the first day is um, mentioning briefly international what it involves what it doesn't involve how we can't really teach it in a coherent way and then you ask for a show of hands who here is going to do international yeah. work after this no. and at the moment you know post Brexit world the answer is usually no zero unless an the company is zero. doing it already so it's a really it's very hard. To, you get the problem of can you? You could have a four-week course. You could have a six-week course, full-time teaching everything possible that transplant can know. But no one's going to want to attend it. No one's going to be able to afford it. And so, mm. there's a sweet spot you have to come to somewhere in the middle, isn't it? But it's a going back to the national, international, especially in a in a post-Brexit world is a, it's a very different landscape now than it was in 2011 when they came up with that decision.
0: Yeah, I I think I'd like to add that. So when I look at it from my perspective, I think that's absolutely balmy that we pay for a qualification, that we pay people often to attend a qualification and to spend that time learning something, which largely speaking, a, a, a large proportion of that time spent learning, they are learning stuff that is not relevant to their business. And that actually their time would be better spent learning more relevant things that is almost something that as i as i as i sort of naval gaze and think do you know what the world's gone balmy? why are we why are we doing that uh, so i'm, I'm going to go straight back at you tom i know that you've created the transport manager unlocked program now that i'm i'm is is pretty much targeting this uh, targeting, this shortfall in capacity of the Transport Manager CPC. So, are you able to just highlight some of the stuff that's covered as part of that?
3: Yes, I mean, we based that programme of training around, basically, if the DVSA were to show up tomorrow, what would they ask for? Um, So as part of it, we go through what they call now the desk-based assessment, which gives the the DVSA a structure to look at your operation. Um, Most people don't have that structure they don't know what it is for a start but also they don't have a lot of it in place some things they ask you for are not documented Mm. you know things like safety recalls ad blue consumption rates not well explained or understood so we focus on very much the practical and we we don't repeat any of the um the theory so we don't go back over drivers hours the assumption is you know what the rules are but we talk about different ways of managing different software we go through a range of different software demonstrate how it works that's a massive gap for most transport managers and those we try and focus in as much as we can in the three days on on the actual practical side of it we also look at a vehicle up front um in in the flesh so to speak we so you can put your hands on it we can talk about you know what do you make of this what kind of operation would you find these vehicles in And, and what would you do to to manage them so hoping to fill some of those gaps, but it's not easy because at the same time you have to sell a course mm. for, you know, your business. Um, so there's a limit to what people want to pay and to what they want to sit down and cover
0: appreciate that thanks Tom uh, Mike I'm going to put you absolutely on the spot here mate but I'm going to say if you could take stuff out of the transport manager CPC and put stuff in what would you take out of the two weeks and what would you be putting in
2: oh well uh, yeah on the spot no it's, it's something with Tom pretty much um, what Tom Tom alluded to there it's some, some of the the stuff we do on a, on a day-to-day basis in, in dealing with the your dvsa desk baker best desk based assess- it's not easy to say is it i've been trying to say this for the last couple of days actually because i've been doing one it's not easy to say
3: half baked assessment
2: yeah half baked assessment. assessment that's probably about right isn't it but dealing with that and and uh, looking at the the, the brake testing and, and and kind of stuff like that so what would i take let's start with what would i take out first
1: Hello, it's Shani from Flagship Partners. We are really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. If you need expert advice or training for your fleet business, make Flagship Partners your first choice. We are really excited to announce the launch of our Transport Manager Academy with expert development for fleet leaders, We offer fully accredited initial transport manager CPC training, CPC refresher and operator license awareness training, as well as mentoring, support and professional development beyond the qualification. Our vision is to develop elite fleet professionals.
2: Yeah, I would definitely think the international side of it. I mean, I I kind of look at people and no disrespect to people, I'm, I'm of an age where I sort of remember going through customs years ago before we had um, free market so I'm, I'm aware I've always been aware from a reasonably early age what duty is you know what duty import duty and export duty what it what it means what it is but there are people now who, who just have no idea what duty is and so you ha- you spend half a, a lesson explaining to people why we have duty uh, and then you can then go on to explain, you know, go into the rest of the syllabus in terms of the international movement of goods. Um, but, yeah, you're wasting so much time. That time could be spent doing, concentrating on the stuff that's really, really important to, uh, to, to everyday, everyday work. So I think certainly going back to a national uh, exam and including in that some, some more uh, relevant stuff, um, maybe... Uh, you know, I keep going, anybody who listens to these podcasts regularly will know that I talk about pigs and watering pigs regularly. Now, I think if you were into, then that's not to say that we don't sometimes have people who transport animals on our courses. Um, dangerous goods, for example. Yes, definitely. Uh, we have people on the courses that do that, but they they are quite often specialists in that already because it's what they do. So I would take out those niche things like dangerous goods, waste, waste. Um, Animal transportation. Not that they're not important because they are and they're a part of our industry. But people who are into that would be specialists into that. So I would take all of those out. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether I would want really to take out health and safety, although the health and safety is a a major part of it and, and HR because I think they are the skills that we do need as well. But uh, yeah so certainly
0: for me it would be those kind of niche uh, niche areas it's been a few years Mike remind me what what is covered in the health and safety and HR part of the qualification uh, well it's it's pretty
2: much um, I, I think I believe um, that the that HR is is it's too focused uh, uh, in terms of uh, but as a frontline manager you will be responsible for dealing with things like uh, disciplinary and grievance procedures I'm not quite so sure if we spend too much time an effort on uh, things like redundancy payments because that might not be in the gift of the transport manager to have any influence over uh, redundancy payments even things like sick pay um, most of us would just reach for, for, for HR advice on that type of thing but that it does go into that in quite a bit of detail health and safety um, yes of course we know that the transport workplace is a very unsafe place and can be very dangerous so we do need to cover it off but we do go into it in a little bit of too much detail. We talk about... Uh, we certainly talk about um, a riddle, which, is, which it, you know, would, would probably fit in. People do have accidents in the yard and fall off tail lifts, etc. Um, but one area we go into... Um, with, with health and safety i don't think that it's worth spending time on display screen equipment i mean when do we use display screen equipment in in, in our world yes it's a part of health and safety and etc uh lola's quite important and and uh, you know provision use of workplace equipment that type of thing i guess but yeah it does go into it in quite quite
0: depth I tell you what i want to bang my head on the table people talking about dse equipment in the transport manager CPC, yet no mention of bridge strikes.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm and <laughs> the other thing, no mention of driver's eyesight as well, because you know it's, it, it, we're looking at we're looking through a screen all day, aren't we, as drivers? We're looking through a big screen all day, but we don't talk about eyesight
0: checking. Absolutely baffling, Tom. Over to you, mate. What would you uh, what would you take out and uh, and put in, mate?
3: It's tricky, isn't it? Because look, I'm just thinking through the topics. We know them like the back of a hand of the module numbers and things. Things like company law are very hard for people to take in. Definitely. And talking about legal topics, I know it's a it's a close to your heart thing, Mike, isn't it? Mm. But you could argue how much of the legal side do they need to understand. You'd have to know the basics to apply for an operating license. But beyond that, also the financial mal- management elements. Different examples have wound back on that a little bit when we're talking about balance sheets and trading accounts and things. Um, but it's most transport managers will never revisit that stuff unless they, unless they start and run their own company which is what it's preparing you for I take that on board um, I just it's very hard because you spend 6-7 days covering the syllabus and then it turns into the exam factory for the last few days where mm-hmm. you're trying to teach them how to get through the exam because that's what it's about yeah. um, we, we don't have any room to cover the practical you walk into an operator with a red OCRS what do you do? Now, some examples have, again, moved a bit more towards practical type assessment questions, asking those things. But it's very hard to get that across and all the syllabus content at the same time. So it's tricky. Very hard to know.
0: Appreciate that, Tom. James, over to you. What would you what would you like to see taken out and put in that would be important to you in your role?
1: I don't think in terms of taking out, I can add much to the two transport manager CPC trainers beside me. I, they, I agree with, with some of the stuff they said. I was prompted to, I was mindful when Mike was talking about taking things out of um, of perhaps some modular elements. And again, this is just off the top of my head. It, when Mike was describing some of the health and safety stuff and Tom talked about some of the corporate law stuff and finance, I wonder if there's a core uh, training course which could be focused upon our our bread and butter as i described it for you know that real transport stuff and then maybe some of the other stuff like health and safety and, and we've talked about people and um uh the corporate but finance whatever um i wonder if they could be uh modular well you know you, you can do those yeah. separately but I guess in terms of putting in, and like I say, I really can't add much more than we, we talked about earlier and, and these guys have said, um, I think something practical feels feels right, doesn't it? We, we live in that world now. You know, uh, uh, academia, I would say, is being challenged in our world today. Uh, and you see this in apprenticeship schemes, uh, uh, the, the, the mechanism by which we are seeing our uh, school leavers Educated and brought into the workplace now is less academic. There is a little, there is there is we're starting to see less emphasis on university and the academic path, and more on apprenticeships and, and a practical approach to vocational training. It feels like that's where we need to go. I would say why not have either some practical modules so part of it is spent in whether it be a notional or fictitional transport office, or maybe you go and visit one. I don't know how that looks, but let's start looking at some of those maintenance elements and some of those day job elements um, uh, practically. Um, uh, and you could say the same from an examination perspective. Should it be a an examination or should it be continually assessed by, by you know, uh, trainers like, like Mike and Tom? Uh, there would be my thoughts, Pete.
2: Fabulous idea there, James. Um, assessed. And I'm, t- I'm sure Tom, we I know we both do this. We probably don't admit to it, but you know I'm always tempted to sit and just before the exam thinking, mm, you know they'll pass or that particular person's going to struggle or there. And and sometimes I think this person's not going to pass. Um, but deep down I know that actually they'd make a very good transport manager. It's just like we can't get them over the line academically. And it's such a shame because if we could involve, if we could introduce an element of maybe some tutor assessment or an interview, uh, maybe a panel of people, maybe a panel, an, an, you know, august panel such as ourselves interviewing somebody would soon find out whether they were going to make a transport manager or not. I don't know what... what you're, sorry, James, you come back on.
1: Yeah, I, I, was, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I'll tell you another thing that I would... Uh, really be uh, welcome. I would really welcome, and I, I, I'd, I'd like to see in terms of continual assessment. And that was, I would welcome the trainer coming and visiting the transport manager at their operation. So, again, we're talking about what could it look like. Yeah. I'd be quite happy for the transport manager to complete part of their kind of classroom-based or, or some degree of practical training. But then why not have a period of, of a couple of months where they're in the operation, but in order to get their uh, qualification signed off, the trainer has to come and spend an hour a fortnight looking at what they're mm-hmm. doing. So then we are pushing ourselves. We're using... we're we're forcing ourselves to get the trainer to step away from that theoretical classroom stuff and actually sit down and say, well, show me your maintenance planner. Let's have a look at your drivers. Let's have a look at your tachograph analysis system, whatever. I I, I would, if, as a, if I was uh, looking after an operation, I would love to see a trainer come in with a new transport manager, working through that six months of learning curve that I described earlier and, and have them there to, uh, to, to help and, and, and as, as well as get them signed off.
3: I think that it's not actually occurred to me in that way before, but like you're talking a, an MBQ type level thing yeah. where you almost have a task book to complete. Mm. And so you get, you know, spend half a day with the tie fit see what they do, put your hands on a torque wrench, those sorts of things. And then the tachograph analysis, you could, you could build in an afternoon a full program of work around that and then sign it off as complete and then that's when you get your certificate so you've actually got some there would be all sorts of checks and balances need to be in place but coming back briefly to academia in this you know modern world where we have to acknowledge things like dyslexia dyscalculia people who can't do maths can't write very well Mm. this they're not well served by this qualification because they don't get a year or six months of support in the classroom they get two weeks and if you can't you know keep up with the pace so to speak and the trainer has limited ability to dedicate to that one person they, t- they kind of get left by the wayside and you do see these people that sadly you, you know on that last day of the course that they're probably not going to get across the line in the exam and you feel powerless it's really quite hard um, but also depending on your education system uh, something that came up to me recently was eastern europeans In Eastern Europe, a decimal place is a comma and a comma is a decimal Mm. place. And I didn't know that until I started teaching the transport manager CPC. But again, the expectation is you just have to suddenly figure out what we're teaching you. So a more vocational based program would just serve those people so much better. And they would probably end up better transport managers in the end.
0: I think uh, I think that's some bombshell we are dropping there. But um, I think if the powers that be were interested in re- in actually re-reviewing the CPC, we've got four people who would be quite happy to put their input into that consultation process. But ultimately, I think I think my argument would be is that it is a certificate of professional competence, and actually, we're not measuring competence. No. As a transport manager, based on the conversation we're having, my argument and the bombshell, I guess if I was going to do my Jeremy Clarkson moment on that bombshell, the CPC is not measuring competence. And actually, what we're talking about here is potentially a a more work-based program, which uh, involves assessment in the workplace. I think would be an absolutely fantastic route to go. And and potentially making it more modular, like you say, so that international would be a module that you did. Animal transport would be a module that you did. Business management of a transport operation would be a module that you did as part of the overall qualification. And actually the qualification is focused on OCRS, driver infringements, taco analysis, Managing gate checks, managing maintenance, uh, managing a planner, all of that proactive stuff, being able to respond to a DVSA audit, how to communicate effectively with the DVSA, all of that, all of that is actually what the qualification would look like. Absolutely. that is some bombshell so,
2: so DFT if you're listening we, we are available and we're here and we yeah no, absolutely I think you know it is time that we did look at this qualification definitely and as we're looking at driver CPC at the moment what better time than to do it from than now, and, and as you say, Tom, post Brexit, you know, it is a different world. Whether you wanted it or not wanted it, whether whatever side of the political
0: persuasion you were on,
2: it doesn't matter. It's we've got it. It's here to stay now. So you know, we better sort of get used to it, as it were.
0: And I think uh, I think just just sort of round it off as lo- like uh, Tom said about being an inclusive an uh, in, 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 in an inclusive industry. Actually, we're we're not we're being very exclusive in the way that we are test in the transport manager qualification and and actually like mike and tom have both said as clearly both very experienced transport manager cpc trainers we've got potentially very good transport managers who are unable to pass the qualification due to academic challenges and likewise what will also be happening is people that potentially don't have the competence but are passing the qualification because they're able to from an academic point of view which kind of goes to show that it's not, it's not essentially fit for purpose. It's interesting, we started out the podcast, recording a podcast about what is the shortfall? What is the CPC not teaching us? And we've ended up with a podcast on what should the, what should the CPC look like? Uh, James, over to you.
1: But I think that's, I think that's important. So my personal perspective is that if we are going to discuss something that isn't quite right, it's absolutely incumbent on us to say, well, what is the right thing to do? It's easy to throw out a problem. I think that we've got ideas about what the solution is. is absolutely right. And I think that's important for anyone.
0: Yeah, and and actually what you've just witnessed is a live curation of our own, as as a group, we've kind of done the brainstorming session there live on the podcast. So uh, yeah, what an amazing experience. So uh, appreciate your input, gentlemen. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully you've got some value from that as the listener and we'll see you all on the next one. Thank you. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.